If you want to book a buyer or seller consultation, or you just want to talk about the market, you can click the first link in the description. It'll bring you to our calendar and you can book a time that works for you. This is episode 34. We're going to talk about a lot of awesome stuff going on today. Um, a slow spring market ahead, the new charter, the mortgage charter, and Scotiabank's Q4 profits, as well as what just happened in the Canadian economy. We got a solo episode today. Brooke is sick. So if you do like listening to Brooke more than me, I do apologize, but she's getting better. Uh, but let's get into it. So our first topic, weakness is spreading. Economists say Canadian housing is in for a slow spring. Though it may seem more than likely that the Bank of Canada is done hiking rates for this cycle, the housing market is expected to remain soft through the spring. Desjardins' latest housing outlook published on Monday forecasts that major markets will deviate from historical trends come spring, with softer sales and prices anticipated. The second round of the Bank of Canada's hikes may have ended well before November of 2023, but its effects certainly haven't. Desjardins economist Mark DeSormo, sorry if I butchered that, uh, initial sales activity in the high-priced Toronto and Vancouver markets bore the brunt of higher borrowing costs. Yet the time of writing, weakness is spreading more broadly and national-level home purchases have given back three-quarters of the torrid gains experienced between January and June of this year. So basically, I think that we're probably in for a slower spring. A lot of people are talking about um, cuts from the Bank of Canada coming up, which actually could happen next year. Um, but also, you know, we're still at, you know, high interest rates. So you're having a lot of people in the next couple of years needing to renew. And we've said it on this channel before, most people are still under 3% interest rate. And if they were to new, renew today, you'd be over 5%, which is a big sticker shock to not only just housing, but also the economy. Because if you're paying more interest and your, you know, more, more of your income is going towards your household, you're spending less in the economy. So this will kind of force people to, you know, batten down the hatches and really just um, sit at home more and, and not go out as much and not even think about kind of upscaling their home or even downsizing. It's just kind of like, let's take a breath and, and see what happens. So I think we'll see more weakness as we go into the spring, especially in the Toronto and Vancouver market. You might have some markets be a little hotter than others like, uh, you know, Alberta and, and some of the prairie provinces. It just is what it is. It, it's cheaper real estate out there and, and people are moving and migrating from cities like Toronto and Vancouver for greener pastures. We see it all the time in the comments on Instagram and TikTok just saying, hey, you know, we want to have children. We want to raise a family and that's just not possible in a, you know, 500 square foot shoebox. So they are going to other places to get a little bit of land or get a townhouse uh, where they can actually afford it. So I'm kind of of this mindset that I think we will see more for sellers, more investors having to come to market. Um, even people who own Airbnbs is an example, uh, just people who are renewing and can't afford it. It's just basically, I think we'll see more inventory come to market and not see as much sales. I think it'll put pressure on house prices coming down. I don't think we'll see, uh, quite the kind of shock that we saw from the peak of COVID till today. Um, but I do think that we have some more downward pressure into the spring and kind of until rates kind of, uh, alleviate. So just remember that, you know, income to household debt, uh, basically we're seeing about 170%. So these kind of numbers are, you know, pretty crazy. They're higher than what they were in the financial crisis in 2008. So that being said, it, it kind of worked when rates were zero, but now with the, the overnight rate being at five, yeah, it's not, it's not really working anymore, right? So I think that the Bank of Canada will 
see this data, they will pause for sure and kind of reassess what they want to do. But also remember that we're seeing a lot of inflation come from household debt. You know, 30% of of the CPI report is coming from, um, you know, mortgage interest costs and even higher rents. So I think the Bank of Canada is done. I do think we'll see rate cuts next year. I just don't know how aggressive they'll be. Some, you know, people who are smarter than me, I was listening to an interview saying that 100 to 200 basis points could come off the top because of how slow the the economy uh, could get in Canada, that they might be forced and their hand might be forced to, to you know, bring those rates down and kind of uh, inject some activity back into the market. But we'll definitely have to wait and see. So I'm of the mindset that I think the market's either going to stay flat or go down a little bit. I don't think it's going to go down a ton more just based off how many people we have in this country and how limited supply we have. Uh, but there is some big constraints. Uh, we could see a lot of forced sellers with these renewals coming up, uh, but we will get more into that right now. So uh, not, a, not a lot of new content in the Fed's mortgage charter. So Christina Freeland, the uh, finance minister of Canada, kind of came out with this sort of charter that will help Canadian homeowners. Uh, a lot of it is not new stuff. A lot of it has already been there, but it did kind of feel like more of a refresher to let people know that there are options. So let me get into it here. So the federal government unveiled a new mortgage charter this week as part of its 2023 fall economic statement. More specifically, the feds say that Canadian homeowners can expect the following temporary extensions of the amortization period for mortgage holders at risk. So they're already doing this. If you don't know what that means, it just means that usually your mortgage is anywhere from 25 years to 30 years. Those are kind of your amortization periods. So the length of time it takes to pay off the mortgage. But what we're seeing now is that people's payments shot up so much that now amortizations are extending beyond that 25 to 30 years. I've seen some on Twitter be as much as 70, 80, even 90 years. So if you are coming to, um, you are coming to a renewal and say you had a 30 year fixed rate. Now you're renewing and now you're at 25 years after five years of, of payments, you, the bank actually might offer it to you, or you can ask to say, Hey, can I go back to 30 years just because the payment shock won't be as high? You know, you went from a 2% rate. Now you're close to six or you are six and above. Um, that's a scary feeling and that's a scary thought. So they're going to extend amortizations, which we already knew. Uh, waive fees and costs that would have otherwise been charged for relief measures, not having to requalify under the insured minimum qualifying rate when switching lenders at mortgage renewal. So a lot of people, if you stayed with the same um, bank or the same credit union, you didn't have to, um, you know, requalify under the new rates uh, at the new stress test. But they're saying that what that would do, it would lock you into that bank. So it wouldn't give you a lot of options in terms of, you know, shopping around for rates. Um, to be contacted four to six months in advance of your mortgage renewal to inform them of your renewal options. This seems like something they should have been doing anyway. Um, you know, it just seems like good practice to say, hey, your mortgage renewal is coming up. Would you like to look into the options that you have, at least so you can prepare for that shock um, with, you know, the 500 basis points of increase that we've seen in mortgage rates. The ability to make lump sum payments to avoid negative amortizations or sell the principal rent residence without any prepayment uh, penalties. So there's usually some big penalties that, that come with selling your home. Um, if you break that mortgage uh, or, or anything like that, there's usually some, some pretty big prepayment penalties. So kind of 
you know, giving you the ability to pay more down, which usually uh, would always happen with most mortgages, but uh, the penalties is obviously a big thing. Uh, no interest on interest in the event that mortgage relief measure results in a temporary period of a negative amortization. So yeah, paying interest on interest obviously isn't ideal. Uh, but yeah, I think that as this charter came out, a lot of people did point out that, hey, these things were already available. It's more of just a reminder of what you can do if you are in trouble. And again, you want to speak with your lender if you are in trouble. I think this is kicking the can down the road, you know, having a crazy amortization. But I understand the vulnerability of people needing that roof over your head. Maybe you have kids at home um, or, you know, just having a roof over your head is, is just an important, uh, you know, human thing to have right now. So if you need to extend that amortization, remember, call your bank, see what they'll do for you. A lot of the power of sales that we're seeing right now if you look at, you know, who's owns the property or who's forcing the property for sale, a lot of it is not from the big banks. A lot of it is from the secondary market. So the private market, uh, someone, you know, got money lent to them from a B lender, uh, and not an A lender. So the A lenders, are the big banks, the B lenders are more investors. I do some B lending myself. Um, so the big banks are here to work with you. Um, it is what it is. If you need help and you need to, you know, refinance your house or you need to extend your amortization or you need to talk to them about, hey, I can't afford this. What are my options? Uh, they will work with you and you can probably find a solution. So yeah, just remember that a lot of the power of sales right now are not from the big banks. The big banks don't want your home. They don't want to force a sale, especially if you bought in a higher market. If your house is down 20% or something like that, they don't want to force a sale. They're going to lose money. Um, so they would rather you sit, stay in that house, kind of wait till rates come down and just pay more interest for now. Just the reality of the situation. So definitely call someone at the bank and, uh, and get on it, right? Save your house if you can. It is what it is. Uh, next topic here. So Co Scotia Bank reports Q4 profits down from a year ago. So Scotia Bank, obviously, is one of the big banks with a lot of mortgage exposure. Uh, profits took a sizable hit last quarter as it felt the early effects of the slowing economy and prepared for the worst to come. The results were heavily weighed down by the amount of money it had to set aside for potential bad loans, as high interest rates are set to increasingly strain borrowers along with charges to related to layoffs and branch closures it started in the quarter to lower expenses going forward. The bank said its provisions for credit losses for the quarter amounted to nearly $1.26 billion, up from 5 to 9 million a year earlier. So bad loan provisions is basically just putting money aside just in case people are defaulting. Uh, so if people are defaulting, they have the cash on hand to cover that. Um, you notice here that they have doubled their, um, their provision for credit losses. It's quite a lot. And then Scotia bank stock is down 8.41% year to date, which is pretty volatile for a bank stock. You know, the Canadian banks are, are have been pretty solid, um, over the long run, but obviously now you're, you are looking at these bank stocks. They are definitely in my opinion, pretty solid, but, um, there is some exposure there, right? You have a lot of, uh, them getting rid of car loans and, and getting rid of that business and stuff like that. And now you're seeing housing taking a, a hit and kind of, you know, you're seeing some, uh, increased volatility where there might be some more defaults. Uh, that's where you're going to see, you know, the banks having to kind of lay people off and, and trim their expenses and then add that money to a reserve just in case uh, we see a lot more for sellers upon renewal. But like I said, they're kind of artificially uh, saving that housing market by extending the amortizations. If they weren't allowed to do that, then we would see um, a lot more for sales. So it's important to keep that in mind. Just, you know, seeing what the big banks are doing is always important. Seeing how they're preparing for 
you know, a bumpy 2024 by putting more money aside. I said this earlier, um, you know, if, you, if you're sitting at home or you're listening to this podcast, you should probably do the same. Just have a little a reserve fund at home. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, and you could get laid off too, which is, which is sad. So we will see big banks kind of cutting some jobs slowly, albeit, but still there's going to be some people out of work, which, uh, which is always a sad thing. Um, last topic here. So the Canada's economy shrank by 0.3% in the third quarter stats can says. So Canada's economy shrank in the three months up to September as household spending was flat and exports declined. So this is Canada reported Thursday that the country's gross domestic product shrank by 0.3%. So the gross domestic product is just the GDP. It's basically, you know, how productive was an economy, uh, within a quarter, which is three months. The federal agency says that a decrease in the international exports and slower inventory accumulation by businesses were partially offset by increases in government spending and household investment. Bank of Canada interest rate hikes have been putting pressure on consumers and business spending as they both face higher borrowing costs, which just makes sense, right? Um, If your mortgage goes up, you're spending less at restaurants, you're spending less at the store, you're trying to save, you know, credit cards and everything like that. Those, if you're spending more money on interest, you're spending less money in the economy. Uh, Thursday's report shows consumer spending continued to be flat for a second consecutive quarter. Households are instead saving more as disposable income surpasses the rise in nominal spending. The central bank is set to announce its next interest rate decision on December 6th. Um, after choosing to hold its key rate steady at 5% at its last two announcements. So I would probably think that they're going to hold it again. Economists widely expect the Bank of Canada to remain on hold as inflation slows and the economy weakens. So this is all true. Um, this it, These sound like bad indicators, but they are good indicators on the Bank of Canada, hopefully pausing rates and stopping here. Um, some of the problems that I see happening is that the Canadian economy has slowed a lot more than the U.S. economy. So the U.S. economy is a lot more sheltered from interest rates. They're a lot less sensitive because they have that 30-year term, right? So you don't have uh, people with variable rates or renewals coming up. They have the same payment basically for 30 years. They don't have to worry about, um, you know, rates, rates going up or anything like that. Um, also, Biden is spending a lot more than Trudeau. Um, which is a surprise to some, but uh, the U.S. economy is a lot more of a productive economy. They definitely, you know, favorable taxes uh, for businesses. Um, They have a lot more businesses happening, a lot more tech, a lot more um, oil. So just a a few things like that where where that economy is booming a lot more than us. And and why that's a bad thing is that if if we start cutting rates too fast and they don't because they actually have positive GDP and positive economic growth, um, if we start cutting rates, then our loony could devalue to the American dollar. And if we deviate too far away from that, we start to import inflation because obviously the U.S. is one of our closest trading partners. So if we're having to spend more on goods to uh, import them from the U.S. because our dollar has declined, we could import that inflation, causing inflation to rise. So it's kind of a push and pull right now. You have to be careful of of what you do. But a lot of economists are saying that that we should see some rate hikes, maybe some big ones, sorry, some rate decreases, probably some big ones uh, in 2024. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Um, obviously, there's some pain out there. Um, there's There was a recent report saying that, you know, two thirds of Canadians are against the uh, immigration levels that we are at. And it makes sense, right? When when things gets, get harder, like getting a house and renting and, and food gets more expensive and 
Um, you're seeing a lot of homelessness. You have people say, hey, wait, we should kind of put the brakes on how many people we're letting into the country because we have problems here ourselves. So it's kind of been the first time in a while where you see a lot of people speaking out about how many people are coming into the country and how detrimental it has been for a lot of people to get into the housing market or to even go to the ER and get an appointment is, is, you know, next to impossible. You have at least a five hour wait. There's just too many people putting too much pressure on the system. And you could even contribute that to our GDP that it's, we're almost masking our, our productivity problem by having so many immigrants come in because, you know, when immigrants are coming in, they're spending money, obviously they need to spend it on shelter and food, which could really prop up uh, the gross domestic product of this country. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, I am of the camp that I think rates are going to drop. I don't know how much, but uh, I think with inflation slowing and a lot of inflation right now is from mortgage interest costs and rent. Um, so if you do strip those out, we are at COVID pre COVID levels for inflation. I think we were just under 2% when I, when I was reading an article, if you do strip out that mortgage interest cost and the rent. So we will see what happens. I think the bank of Canada is looking at the same data we're all looking at. GDP has contracted. Unemployment is ticking up. Uh, the economy is slowing and inflation is coming down. So keep your eye on get on oil and gas and, and uh, that volatile part of the CPI. Uh, but we should kind of see CPI kind of ease into next year and we should see the Canadian economy continue to kind of slow down, which I think will have an effect on the real estate market of slowing down as well. Um, this is all data dependent. So we will have to kind of wait and see what happens. But anyways, I am running out of things to talk about. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this solo episode. Uh, I wish Brooke was here because uh, the banter is always a little bit better, but we wanted to uh, give you guys some updates this week. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. It definitely helps the channel grow. We're almost at a thousand followers, which is awesome. Uh, if you're on Spotify or Apple Music, please, please, please leave us a review. It definitely helps push this content out to more people. The short form is always uh, doing really well. So that's on Instagram and TikTok. And yeah, if again, if you guys want to book a call with us, you can do so down below in the description. It's super easy. We've had lots of people call in and, and book calls with us and we plan to help many fans of the podcast kind of buy, sell and lease real estate. So if that is something that interests you, it's totally free. Uh, it's a half an hour call just over zoom in the comfort of your own home. So yeah, click the link down below and uh, find a time that works for you. We'd love to connect anyways, guys, thank you so, so much for watching and we'll see you next week and hopefully Brooke will be back. Take care.